This is episode 5 of Functional First Podcast, where we speak with leading experts in the field of functional health. I'm Katie Yamamoto from Functional Media, and today I'm talking to optometrist Dr. Shirley Blanc about the relationship between the visual system and concussions. Thank you for joining us today, Dr. Blanc. Can you please introduce yourself? My name is Dr. Shirley Blanc. I've been an optometrist for uh, about 15 years, but I've been focusing specifically on post-concussion rehab for uh, several years now. And developing a specialty really entails attending conferences and getting certifications and attending courses that are specific to rehabilitation. And I've been speaking to occupational therapists and physiotherapist organizations as well, educating them on vision and concussion. And I also do conduct uh, post-concussion assessments and rehab at my practice as well. So how did you get involved in concussion and neurooptometry? I got involved in the specialty because essentially I took one patient who came into my office who um, was in tears because she had sustained three concussions over six months with these dramatic visual symptoms and she said all her medical professionals told her she was okay and she had an unremarkable eye exam from what I knew from the standard eye exam so I didn't know what to do for her and I sent her to a vision rehab optometrist and that propelled me to get into the specialty because I realized that I had to help these patients who don't know where to go and don't realize that this is a part of their medical assessment that needs to be addressed. There's a saying that the eyes are the window to the brain. Would you agree with this? The eyes are the windows to the brain, but in fact, actually I would modify that statement to say that the eyes are an extension of the brain and not just a window to the brain. And so, for example, the retina, which is at the back of the eye, is in fact nervous tissue that feeds directly into the optic nerve. And functional MRI studies have shown that altering retinal input by way of prisms and lenses and filters can actually change brain circuitry and influence it. So retina processing is in fact the first step of visual processing, not just the occipital cortex at the back of the brain. Also, neurological conditions can manifest in structural abnormalities in the eye, uh, for example, optic nerve swelling from papilledema or pupil abnormalities. So we can see signs in an eye exam that are reflective of neurological conditions, as well as functional visual effects by way of oculomotor and other kinds of symptoms and signs that can be revealed in an eye exam. Why is vision affected after a concussion? The visual system is actually in about 70% of the brain. It involves the cortices, the midbrain, the brainstem, and it's a complex array of pathways that are both top-down and bottom-up that actually allow us to experience vision. And the visual system also communicates with vestibular proprioception, the auditory systems, to obtain sort of an experience of the visual world. And so it's not surprising, since the visual system involves so much of the brain, that an insult to the brain would affect the visual system in some way. So how prevalent are vision problems after a concussion? As far as the prevalence of visual problems, literature does show that things like oculomotor accommodative versions dysfunctions can occur in at least 40 to 50 percent of patients post-injury. And these signs can actually persist for weeks, months, and even years after the injury. So it's quite prevalent. And can you give us an example of some vision symptoms that can be present following a concussion? So following a concussion, vision symptoms can include things like blurry vision, 
double vision, light sensitivity, intolerance to visual stimuli, so busy environments, avoidance of crowds, not being confident of where somebody is in space or navigating through space, depth perception issues, peripheral vision issues, bumping into things. And a big one is actually intolerance to computer work and reading. So whether it's scrolling on a computer screen or the brightness of the screen itself or losing place on a page, words moving around, that kind of thing. If someone is having these symptoms, can a standard eye exam diagnose a visual system dysfunction? Unfortunately, a standard eye exam cannot determine the extent to which the visual system is affected by a concussion. For example, a prescription check or a refraction checks your central vision or how clear something is but does not address your spatial vision or how it's interacting with your vestibular and proprioception systems. An eye health check is very important but you can have completely healthy looking eyes and still experience these visual symptoms and visual acuity can actually be 20-20 as well but that doesn't explain many of the symptoms that these patients are experiencing. But it is important nonetheless to do a standard eye exam because we have to check for dry eyes and eye disease and prescription changes, which can occur, but certainly they might not explain all the symptoms involved. So if you're doing a more detailed oculomotor screen post-concussion, what are some eye abnormalities that you might find? In an ocular motor screen post-concussion, we can find things like saccadic dysmetria, so an inaccurate saccade with a corrective saccade undershooting or overshooting. We can find a jerky type pursuits or saccadic pursuits. We can find convergence insufficiency or convergence difficulty. And we can also find things like fourth nerve palsy. We also look for other cranial nerve palsies, but the fourth nerve in particular is more vulnerable to trauma, and so it's important to identify whether there is um, damage uh, to that pathway. Can eye movements give clues between an inner ear versus a central problem versus other brain areas? Eye movements can actually point to dysfunction in different brain areas, and it's important to determine if a problem is peripheral in nature or central in nature. For example, when you see nystagmus, if it is peripheral based, then it will be typically suppressed on fixation. It'll be the same direction no matter what gaze you look at. And it's typically a horizontal based nystagmus. Whereas a central based nystagmus can change in direction depending on the gaze. And it's uh, typically a torsional or a completely vertical nystagmus, particularly downbeat, that's more common. And as well, it's not suppressed upon fixation. It can actually be enhanced with fixation. So if you see an astagmus that's torsional or vertical in nature, then that's diagnostic of central origin until proven otherwise. And so that's the main example as far as differentiating peripheral versus central. Another thing too to consider is that with nystagmus, if it's associated with, for example, being able to stand and walk even with assistance, that's more of a clue of a peripheral component versus a central-based etiology. The patient might not be able to stand or walk even with assistance. So that's another clue for a central etiology. Another interesting thing is that if there's a dysfunction in vertical uh, saccades or vertical eye movements, then that can indicate a problem in the midbrain. And if there's a primarily horizontal dysfunction in eye movements, then that, that would indicate a problem in the pons. And if there's a problem in both vertical and horizontal, that can be more of a cerebellar-based issue. So it is interesting that you can actually determine what parts of the brain can be affected by the eye movement observation. And what are some treatment strategies for some of these visual issues that we've been discussing. 
Treatment strategies from an optometric perspective will include things like prism, lenses, uh, colored filters to make vision more comfortable and actually improve spatial vision. Also, a vision rehabilitation program might be implemented, which consists of a series of activities to build up on visual skills and to retrain the brain how to more efficiently and effectively use the visual system and to increase the flexibility and strength of the skills as well. So how would you explain vision problems to a patient after a concussion? When I'm explaining visual problems to a patient after a concussion, I find that I first reassure them that what they are going through and what they are experiencing can actually be identified and explained typically with the findings from the neurooptometric assessment. And so they feel relieved in a sense that what they're experiencing, and, and they're, these are very unusual symptoms typically that, they, that they're not used to, can be addressed, certainly. And I also explain that the fact that they're seeing perhaps 2020 on a letter chart is not related to the extent of the problems that they're having with their vision because it can be related to their spatial vision or related to their balance and posture and all sorts of different things. And I do explain that glasses, in some cases, can help reestablish their spatial vision in addition to treatment with the physical therapist. And uh, vision rehabilitation has been shown in the literature to help as well. You mentioned using glasses in vision rehabilitation in addition to physiotherapy treatment. How important is collaboration among different health professionals in this population? It is very important for collaboration among different health professionals to take place because vision alone is not an isolated system and it's very closely linked to other systems like the proprioception, vestibular, auditory. And so we need, for example, cervical issues to be addressed and postural issues to be addressed and speech, psychological issues to be taken care of. And it's all connected. So we need different professionals in their respective fields to work together and uh, treat the patient as a whole. Vision is a component of that, but I can't do my job if, for example, there are persistent neck issues or vestibular issues. It's all a matter of finding the right balance of treatment with a multidisciplinary setting. When should a health professional who does concussion rehabilitation refer their patient to an optometrist specializing in concussion? As far as when a patient should be referred to an optometrist or neurooptometrist, Although I do believe that every patient should have a thorough vision evaluation post-injury, it's even more vital when they have symptoms such as you know, blurry vision, double vision, uh, depth perception issues, and reading and computer-based problems. And if there's a positive symptom score on the VOMS test or a remote uh, near point of convergence, that would be more of a clue as well as far as a, a, a vision problem, certainly. Can you share a little known fact about concussion and vision? So an interesting little known fact about concussion and vision is essentially that there is a misconception out there that vision is defined by the ability to see 2020 and vision is a lot more than that. So there are two aspects of vision really. There's that central detailed vision that, you know, consciously what we're able to see, the world we experience, the images that are formed. And then there's a sort of behind the scenes subconscious part of vision that works with, again, the vestibular, the proprioception, auditory systems to create these spatial maps of our world. And that allows us to navigate through space, know where we are in space. 
and it actually also allows our brain to command our eyes how to move or how to keep our world stable. And so that part of vision can be dysfunctional while the central detailed vision is intact. And so many of these patients will go to an eye exam and have 20-20 vision, but have these other symptoms that can't be explained for that reason. Is there anything else you'd like to share? I think it's very important to establish some sort of network between different professionals because I find many of these patients don't know where to go and they don't know which professionals to see for which problem and communication is really vital as far as you know, a case manager, that's always very helpful. It's not available to many people, but there should be some sort of networking in place, I believe, uh, communication uh, between different health professionals to work as a team, even with different clinics. And where can people find out more about you? So as far as where people can find out more about neurooptometrists in their area, they can contact several association websites, including the Canadian Optometrist for Vision Development, so that's the COVD website, the Canadian Optometrist for Vision Therapy and Rehabilitation, that's COVTNR, and the Neurooptometric Rehabilitation Association, and that's NORA. And I work at a downtown Toronto office. My website happens to be concussionvisionclinic.com. Thank you for listening to Functional First Podcast. If you're enjoying this podcast, please give us a rating on the iTunes store and stay tuned each month for a new episode. 